Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore, uh, and it's great to see everybody tonight. And we are here on the eve of our first preseason game of the 23-24 season. And yes, I am very excited. So excited. I clean my my favorite old, this is my favorite smoking device. This is my little Rick and Morty bong <laughs> with the bad, bad Rick and Morty bong, bad Rick and Morty Bart art on it. Um, here, actually, take a look at that. Like, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, Rick and Morty or if that's actually, you know, Rick and Cheech, but, you know, <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's my favorite little smoking device. I've got a little bit of glittles in there today. It's about 22%. It's, it's a nice hybrid that has a really nice, like, kind of fruity um, terpenes to it. Um, just, yeah, it's it's a really fun, nice strain. I, I enjoy it. Um, so, anyway, let me let me bring Colin up here so I can take a good hit and say hello to Colin. Hey, doing, Colin? what's up? What's up, Evan? How you doing? Doing good, man. Happy Friday. Same to you, man. So quick question, is is Glittles a cross between Gorilla Glue and Skittles? Or what's that? What's that do you I'm, know? Or is it I'm not sure. Um I'm not sure if that's if if that's the thing or if it's um just its own kind of uh you know Skittles, but it's you know just because of the the crystals, then maybe they call it glittles, but I, I I've always wondered that, but because it, it could be a strain between Gorilla Glue. I'm I'm not, you know, since I'm not a you know um you know, strain designer or <laughs> things like that. I'm not you're sure, not, you know, I'm just a consumer. I'm just the consumer. So, you know, it's, it's a strain that like, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I've seen around in a lot of places actually, you know, and cause I, I've seen it when I've been in both Nevada and California as well. And, you know, I, I that in fact, California was the first place that I had tried it. Interesting. So, yeah, I haven't heard of that one. I've seen obviously both any, you know, bunch of different glue strains and a bunch of different Skittles strains, but I've never heard of Glittles. So yeah, I had to ask. But uh gotcha. But yeah, it's it's very possible that it is probably, you know, that that make they, they do that a lot where they just yeah. kind of yeah, just meld them together. And so yeah, it's but it's yeah. Anyway, let me take it. Yeah, I'll let you enjoy that. I also noticed you got uh pickle rick at the top of that, at the top of that bong, which is hilarious, but for our Rick and Morty fans. The, the pickle rick episode is is fucking hilarious um yeah i'm gonna be back on my uh my pre-roll grind i realized last week i uh i didn't tell you guys what strain it was so it is uh cookie glue which is a hybrid strain uh so yeah gonna be smoking another one of these uh and then we're having a guest with us today right evan yes yes oh and actually like before i get to him real quick i also just wanted to mention that like you know just a little Another little stoner PSA real quick. You know, I, I cleaned this bong this afternoon. You know, only took me about like 20 minutes. And, you know, just just a little tip for everybody. Like, you know, when when you're done cleaning it, a lot of times, you know, it still kind of has that kind of alcohol and that kind of smoky smell. If you just have like a little drop of orange oil, you know, put some, put some water in there, a little drop of orange oil in there, and that will kind of get rid of that smoky smell. And kind of refresh your bong after you've cleaned it there. So just just a little tip for everybody. But yeah, let's let's say hi to our our new guest here, Rahul. How are you doing, Rahul? 
Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? How's it going? Glad to be a part of the show. It's great to have you, man. So are you excited for the season? Oh, my God. I'm ready to go, man. Tomorrow, it's, it's preseason, but I'm like, let's just get preseason already. I want to I wanna see some action. But tomorrow yeah. will be a good, definitely a good, um, like a test. Good to see, see where everyone's at, see how's everything going. Exactly. See the, that, seems, visions. that seems to be the consensus amongst all the Laker fans that I'm talking to. We're all, like, chomping at the bit here, just – just ready to finally see some action. You know, it's been a, it's been a long, slow off season <laughs> for us, and drama free for once. Drama free yes. has been yes. so great. So, so anyway, you know, like, you know, I, one of the things that I want to get into, I think, I think that there's a very good possibility that this that this could be LeBron's final year. Here. You know, he's he's dedicated this year to Bronny. Right. And, you know, just it's set up for kind of just the perfect, you know, walk off kind of moment if we can win the chip. You know, for sure. Now, obviously, he still has that plus one. And, you know, I'm hoping he'll, you know, he'll sign that plus one, keep going. But there's just, you know, you just see these things and like, and I also just think about, you know, what just happened with Bronny and, you know, family is important. And, you know, he, he could just be thinking like, you know, like maybe I need to kind of give up the dream of the two of us playing together and just, you know, kind of let whatever happens happen. And, yeah. you know, so like, cause that, that's kind of what it felt like with, to me when he's talked about kind of dedicating to Bronny, I'm just curious what you guys thought about that. Because that's kind of what I'm feeling, but you know, I'm hoping that I'm wrong too. While I'm kind of feeling this, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I felt the same. Uh, but the only thing, I guess, the two things that kind of give me solace uh, or give me hope that he might, you know, continue playing beyond this year. Uh, one is it's it's LeBron. So if he gets if he wins this sixth ship, uh, sixth championship this season. I think we all know he's going to probably want to shoot for seven, uh, you know, so he can try and, sure. have one, try and have one more than Michael. So I think his competitive juices, if he does get the sixth, will, won't allow him to hang it up and just, and just, especially with another, I know it's a player option, uh, but it is technically another year on his contract left. So that, and then also the fact that it does sound like, although Bronny had his, you know, super scary cardiac arrest uh, injury, it does sound like he will come back to basketball. I don't know if it'll be this year or next, but I think as long as Bronny is playing at USC, Southern California, I could see Bron, LeBron potentially continuing to play for the Lakers. But, you know, Evan's totally right. Maybe he, maybe we win it this year, and it would definitely be a, uh, you know, a, sort of a, a fade into the sunset uh, type of deal. But, uh, Rahul, what do you think about that? I think it very well can be his last year. Um because of that reason, and if Bronny does get drafted, that's one of his number one goals is to actually play with him. So, you know, depending on where he gets drafted, I think he's he's going to be able to play, and uh, he's still a good player. So, I think Bronny can easily get drafted. And you so think he'll it, get? You think he could potentially get drafted this year, or do you think the injury yeah. maybe puts him back a year? Hey, even if it, let's say, it puts him back a year at uh, USC, like on the court there. 
I still think, I mean, then he'll still be eligible for the draft. And, you know, then that, let's just say, like, then then maybe he could fall to wherever the Lakers have him, you know. Yeah, I mean, at that so, point, you could even so be, they, I hadn't thought about, yeah, he, let's say he only plays, like, a fourth of a season with USC or something. Uh, yeah, he could even go, like, you know, an undrafted pick or something. But I, I also think he'll still be drafted. Like, let's just say if the Lakers have a pick, I think, and nobody has taken him, I think they'll just take him. Yeah. And not just because of his dad, but also because I see the vision. He's a, He could be a two-way type guard, and I see the vision – that could be the Lakers have been kind of developing these two-way type of guards. So I could see that vision. And then also then that would help keep Ron there as well for longer. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah definitely going to be super interesting to see kind of how the the whole injury and coming back from the injury plays out with Bronny. Uh, and specifically, yeah, I think this year with USC, they've got a, uh, as you all know, I'm a big USC football fan. So I'm also hopping on the USC basketball bandwagon mm-hmm. and they've got a really good team this year. They got, you know, besides Bronny, they brought in the number one recruit in the nation, this kid, Isaiah Collier. Uh, they got Dennis Rodman's kid, this DJ Rodman. Um, and then they've got some solid returning players. So yeah, really curious to see how Bronny fits into that and then kind of how, what he decides to do after this year in terms of go back to college or try and go pro or what that looks like. Yeah, I was I was so excited to see him play at USC and like, yeah, I, I hope that he's able to come back and play this season. But yeah, you Thank know, you. But obviously, you know, whatever is the safest for him is the most important thing. So oh, sure. yeah, but um, anyway, you know, then that you know that brings us on to you know our you know our golden child on the team, you know, AR. <laughs> You know, and like he just—he seems to earn every every accolade that he gets. So, like, you know, like he—he just—he got into the the big three picture here for media day. You know, and like you know, there's there's a lot of people that like myself, you know, included that have been saying that like he is the third best player. So, like, you know, it's it's been great to see him get this recognition because like I, I feel like with everything that he's done, like he's, he's earned every bit of this and it's just, it's nice to see. And like, he even got like a little extra, little star treatment. He, he, he's sitting out tomorrow too. Yeah. You know, apparently him and LeBron get to rest tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. Well-deserved. So yeah. Anyway, like it's just, it's great. So I'm, I'm, I want to hear what, your thoughts on, you know, on our golden child and, Oh yeah, I mean it's so great, and you know, you know me, I'm I'm right there with you, Evan. I'm I'm a I'm a huge Austin Reeves fan, and was a very early supporter of his uh, two seasons ago when he first started playing with us. Um, but yeah, to see him in that, I was curious on who would they'd put in that. You know, the big three photo in the past couple of years, it's obviously been LeBron, AD, and Russ. Uh, so you know, replacing Russ this year, I figured it would be Reeves, but I thought, oh, they might throw D'Lo in there. You might throw Christian Wood in there, which is just kind of like a, you know, not ruffle anyone's feathers type of deal. Um, but nope, sure enough, they, they threw Austin Reeves right in there, right between LeBron and AD, uh, you know, in his own signature shoe and everything. And yeah, I loved it. And I, I'm super excited to see him uh, elevate to, to third star status on this team and, and do that for the whole season. Get, get a real shot at that. But what do you think, Rahul? He's very well fitted for that third star, third best player, third 
like glue piece type of player because even if you look at USA team, a lot of people didn't think that he would belong. And the funny thing is, if you look at all the numbers throughout the whole entire summer of the where they played the USA with all those star guys, AR was Austin Reeves was the third best player on USA. Yeah, you know, you can dig into any number you want and. Any stat will show that. The eye test will show that. It's it's literally the truth. Um, he might not be the third best player, right, talent-wise, and whoever was on that USA roster, but when it came down to playing the game and playing the game the right way, he was literally the third best player on that team. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this type of role is literally fitting for him. And I think this year we'll see another leap I think he has a chance to be an all-star just because of he can score maybe, let's say, even if he scores like 18, but he gets like seven, eight assists, you know, four or five rebounds, plays the game the right way. And obviously you have that crowd in L.A. that's going to help him get some votes in there. But it's 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 going to be well-deserved. Yeah, man, I completely agree. And uh and yeah, I'm just so excited. And one thing that Evan and I talked about last week, uh, Rahul, which I know you're, uh, you also believe this, but I'm I'm really excited to see Ar and D'Lo get a whole season together. I didn't realize how close they were until I listened to that Zach Lowe podcast, which Evan and I talked about on the last episode. But um, yeah, just really excited to see you know to see their chemistry to continue to grow, uh, Austin Reeves and, and D'Angelo Russell. Definitely, and now. Now we also get to talk about, um, you know, our other young stud, Max Christie. Yes. And he's apparently put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, you know, so he's gotten stronger. And, like, you know, we've seen video, too, of him locking up Austin, you know, and, like, at least from some of the short clips that we've seen of practices and stuff. So, you know, he looks like he's ready. You know, I think – I think personally, you know, as the backup shooting guard, he's going to be hard to supplant. Um, you know, Cam Reddish, I think, is going to, you know, give a give a good push at it. But, you know, I, I think Max is hungry, and it's it's going to be really, really hard to stop him this year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see see Max play this year. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I think, you know, I've I've been saying too that Cam Reddish is going to give. Max a run for his money at that backup shooting guard spot. But uh, the more and more I think about it, just like body type and just, you know, Cam Reddish isn't a two. He's a three. And he's always been a three. Uh, I think he could play two and make it work. But like Max is an actual two. His body type is the body type of a shooting guard. Reddish is a little bit bigger, taller, slower. Um, Again, you can probably make it work. But like Evan's saying, I think it's going to be difficult to supplant Max uh, and just one quick note about Max. Actually, when Evan and I were at, at Summer League in Vegas together, we went to that first. Uh, and Rahul was there too, but he, he, he wasn't at the, the opening night game that when the Lakers played. I think it was the Warriors. And Max Christie went off for like 28. It Was it 30.7? I can't remember. Yeah, but, it was, but I think it was close to 30, yeah. He had an incredible night. And Evan and I, it was the last game of the night, so Evan and I luckily got to – move up seats and sit really close and get an up close look at Max Christie. And, you know, that was in July. So he's probably put on even more muscle and gotten even slightly better since then. So very, very excited for him. Uh, but Rahul, what are your thoughts on, on, on our boy, Max? I had to dig up this um, 
a message that uh, Jovan was saying about Darwin, what he views uh, Max as. It says Ham views Max as a multi-positional wing who can take off, take on various types of assignments, which I think that's really key because I think he can be a guy that can plug and play. He can shoot the three ball. He can defend at a high level. He can chase. Um, when he plays defense, even if he gets beat, he's really good on chasing. So that's it's something I really like about him. Smart. He's, and then Darvin also says he's really a smart kid with high IQ and just solid all around. And it also, if if you look at the landscape of the team, there's not really another shooting guard other than Max and Austin Reeves. I mean, yeah, maybe Cam is a shooting guard, but he's also more of a small forward in my opinion. He's never really played shooting guard. Um, if you look back last few years, he's actually played more than 80% of his minutes at the small forward. So, you know, they had a chance to get uh, Malik Beasley back or Lonnie Walker back, and those guys only accepted minimum. So I'm sure if their Lakers could have offered even more than a minimum, which they could have because they own their bird rights, you know, let's just say they said, we'll give you a little bit more than a minimum just to come back. You know, they, they easily probably could have got those guys back, but there's probably a reason why they didn't. I really think that they view Max as like a big rotation piece this year, like 15 yeah. to 20 minutes a night. I got a question. Uh, I got a question for both of you guys with uh, about Max. So I've been trying to figure out a lot who the closing lineup for the or what the closing lineup for this team is going to look like, and I think it is going to be matchup dependent. But uh, kind of my biggest question is who the who's going to be the our closing shooting guard uh, because I know D'Angelo kind of everyone's issue with D'Angelo Russell is his defense and that he can't close games because he's a, he's a liability on defense. And so I think if we do, you know, if we pull him out, I think we can potentially slide Austin over to the, to the point guard position. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's a chance that Max Christie could even be the closing two by the end of this season. Cause um, I know we, you know, we saw from last season that Darwin wants good defenders in there closing the game. And if he shows us what I think he can show us on defense, I'm curious to think, you know, hear your guys' thoughts. What are your thoughts on Max as a potential closing shooting guard for this team? And if not I, Max, who do you, what do you think the closing backcourt looks like? Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I think, I think they're, you're, you're onto something there, man. Like, you know, um, th there's a, there's a very good possibility and it's, yeah, it's, it's all going to depend obviously on, on D'Lo. Cause like, I feel like, at the beginning of the season, it's going to be D'Lo's job to lose. Like, yeah. Ham's going to give him enough rope to hang himself. And right. we're going we're gonna to see, you know, if he's ready. And, like, if he's not ready, I feel like Max is Max is right there, just, you know, right behind him, ready to say, like, you know, I'll, I'll do that, you know. So, yeah, yeah like, I, I, think, I think there's a very, very good chance that, you know, that Max is the closer. And it makes a lot of sense, you know, just moving Austin over to the one, you know, and bringing Max in for his his defense, and you know, you know, also depending on the situation, possibly Vando for his defense as well, you know, it it's just like you said, it is matchup dependent, but it is it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's the closing lineup, and you know, and we won't get to see any of that until we get to the regular season, you know, that's right, that's the thing is like you know. Preseason is fun, but we got to remember that, like, you know, the way these games are played, 
is it's like, you know, coaches basically like, you know, have control and have their, you know, hands on the rope for about like two and a half to, you know, to three quarters. And for that last, you know, last quarter to, you know, even two quarters, they just kind of let it go and just, you know, whatever happens, happens. It just kind of becomes a, you know, you know, free form game, almost a street ball game in a lot of ways. So, so like, you know, that's, you, you can't take too much stock into the wins and losses for preseason, but you also, you know, for, you know, just confidence purposes, you do want some, some wins preseason. Yeah, for sure. You got to at least, you know, try to run some plays and do, do the, play the game the right way. And uh, that way you build some good habits out there for the for the, the games and stuff like that. I do think for the closing lineup, I do think it's – yeah, you're, I think, like you said, Evan, in the beginning, they're definitely going to give it to D'Lo. I think he could be key because if something happens and, like, you know, they're doubling Braun or AD, and I think he D'Lo still can be really effective in the closing lineup because he can still get you a bucket when kind of – if. He re- when he really wants to, if he really plays the game the right way, and how he how he played last year during the season, if he's a forty percent three point shooter, I think he's going to be tough to take out of that lineup. To be honest with you, and I know there's defensive flaws, but I think maybe that fifth guy could be like Vando or somebody like that just to make up with it. Totally, uh, and something you and I have talked about, Rahul, uh, which I truly th- think is a possibility is. D'Lo's put on a shit ton of weight this or a shit ton of muscle this offseason. Like he's noticeably bigger. And I think uh, one of the Lakers coaches was talking about how much he was in the gym this offseason. I think it might have been Phil Handy. But I'm curious to see if the added muscle from D'Lo helps him out on, on defense at all. Uh, I think and I think he well, knows man. that everyone is talking about his defense. So I would imagine he, he really focused and worked on that this offseason. So I, I'm curious to hear you know, what your guys' thoughts are. But I think he could improve on defense from what he was, where he was at last year. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> we got to see. Kind of, it's, it's tougher. Evan doesn't but, sound convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not convinced just because of, you know, where he is in his career and just right. just kind of how he is as a player. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's just not in him. He's never going to be you know, some great point of attack defender, you know, yeah. um, you know, we, we just need, we just need some basic stuff out of him. And, you know, I, I think he realizes that, but like, yeah, it's, we're, you know, we're going to have to see, because like I said, you know, Max is going to put a lot of pressure on him, you know, and, and Cam Reddish, you know, is possibly going to put a lot of pressure on him too. So, you know, it's, it's really going to be, you know, it's a great problem to have here as a Laker fan. It's so much fun to see. I, I, I keep saying it's like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for some of these scrimmages that they're going to have, because I feel like these scrimmages are just going to be epic between the first and second teams, you know? So, sure. so anyway, I want to, I want to move on to our, um, our next topic here. And, um, you know, our, our new ac- acquisition here at center Jackson Hayes, you know, he's another guy that is here because of Darvin Ham. And, you know, like this now with, with him and Christian Wood, um, you know, like there are two guys that have already vocally come out and said that they, they wanted to come out, come and play here specifically because of Darvin Ham. So I feel like going forward, Ham is going to be 
you know, an attraction for free agents. So it's not just Lakers brand. Like, you know, people are going to want to play for him. And, yep. you know, like there's there's still a lot of, you know, Lakers um, fandom that still is not sold on him, still like, you know, want to ride, ride him and still, you know, don't want to give him his due. You know, I, I'm personally not one of them. I, I think he's done a damn good job with, you know, the situation he's been given. And I look forward to what he can do here in year two. And I, I'm curious to what you guys think about any of that. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And I was I, I was one of the people harping on him during the regular season last season before the trade deadline. Uh, but, you know, to see what he did post-trade deadline with that team uh, and how quickly he brought them together and how far he got us in the Western Conference Finals, that was great. And then, obviously, everything we've seen this offseason, you know, hearing about Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, a third guy you didn't mention, Evan, is actually, I think Cam Reddish also came here partially because of Darvin, because uh, Darvin actually used to be, before he was the assistant with the Bucks. he was an assistant on the Hawks with with Budholzer when he was the head coach on the Hawks. And Cam Reddish was oh. on that team for a couple years. So Thank you. Uh, I, I, I knew there was a third guy. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so off, Cam off was the basically head, the third guy. You. So, um, you know, that's three really good young off-season signings that came here to play with, you know, obviously pro partially because of LeBron and AD, but partially because of Darvin Ham. So, uh, yeah, I'm totally over the Darvin Ham stuff. And I think a lot of his flaws last year, we talked about this last week, is due to, due to, due to the roster he was given. Um, and now that he's given a completely different roster, I think it's going to be tough to make a lot of those same mistakes. Uh, you know, we only have three guards, like, on the entire roster. So to do three-guard lineups, I, you know, I – I doubt we see much of that. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And, and Rahul, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on Darvin. And We're going to see what he can do this year because he has a lot better roster. I think that that was something to play, too, because he didn't really have that many options last year, you know. So let's see how he does it. But I think for the lack of options that they had last year, did a pretty good job, if you think of it that way. So now he, he – the pieces that he had, he kind of like pushed them a little bit more than yes. Most of the year they were 13 seed, but just then adjusting on the fly when you got the new guys with the better players, they adjusted pretty fast. They were like the second best record in the league after the all-star break. I mean, uh, after the trade deadline, sorry. So that, that, that right there, I'm going to look at that Darvin Ham, And I think that can translate this year and, just even work on there from there and build on that. And he's definitely a player's coach. So that's always a good thing because then people will try to try to follow him and hopefully he can help recruit. Yeah. And you talked about like, uh, you know, him kind of getting more out of some of those players last year. And the one guy that immediately came to mind for me was Lonnie Walker. And the fact that, you know, we all remember that game for Lonnie Walker game against the Warriors, which was just, you know, I get chills every time I think about it. It was one of my probably my favorite moment of the entire season last season. Yeah. Um, and for him to be able to stay ready and, uh, you know, still have faith, you know, uh, clearly he had, Darwin had a lot of faith in Lonnie. Uh, and clearly Darwin, you know, obviously part of it is Lonnie was staying ready himself, but part of it, yeah. you know, is a coach like Darwin uh, who, who can keep those guys who aren't getting a ton of minutes or who fall out of the rotation, keep them ready. Um, and so, yeah, you know, with with the, with the new and improved roster, I'm I'm super excited. 
Exactly. Yeah, that and the, the chemistry with these guys looks great at this point. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Yeah, these clips love you know the official Lakers Twitter's starting to post some some training camp clips. We've seen you know a couple LeBron you know hammer dunks. We've seen uh, we've seen Max Christie look good. We've seen Austin look good. So AD yeah, looked yeah. super fit. Um, you know, I like the free throw contest. You know, the, the yeah, they had, you know they're doing the the free throw contest, just getting competitive, having mm -hmm. fun. LeBron and Rui are literally always in the frame together. They do not leave each other's side. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested to see if Louis, Rui took, like, a leap. You know, that would be really key. Yeah. Because it's it was pretty decent during the regular season. Nothing spectacular. But when the playoffs came, he really, really turned it up. So I'm wondering, like, this year, which guy do we get? That was one of the main concerns I had. Like, which guy Which guy are they going to get this year? Is it the regular season one or is it that playoff one? But with all the work that we've been seeing him do this summer, especially working with LeBron himself and learning new moves and more techniques, I think, I think he's going to get that playoff version. I think that's going to be more of a full-time thing, which is going to be really key for the team. For sure. And one of the things that LeBron revealed uh, on Media Day, so we knew that there had been reports that LeBron and Rui were, you know, working out together in the offseason and we knew that they were working out together. But LeBron actually revealed on Media Day that Rui traveled with him like the whole. So whenever LeBron went on trips and left town in the offseason, Rui would go with him so they could work out together. So that really said a lot to me. I figured they were just working out when they were both in L.A., but the fact that he like followed LeBron's travel schedule is like some serious That's commitment. Crazy. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I yeah. think Rui's going to be awesome, and I think yeah. it is going to be that playoff version that we saw. The Daniel son to Bronze Mr. Miyagi. Dude, yes. <laughs> yes. I I think I posted a tweet about that a couple weeks ago, and and LeBron said that too. He's like, oh yeah, I call him Daniel son. I'm mm -hmm. Mr. Miyagi, and I was just like, oh man, I I'm so excited. <laughs> and then you know. We also got, you know, another guard that put on some pounds and Cam Reddish also put on some pounds and, you know, he's hungry, you know, like, I feel like he, he's got something to prove here, you know, back when he was playing with Duke, like everybody that, everybody that knows basketball, like pretty much it was consensus that he was the best player on that team, you know, better than Barrett, better than um, Zion Williamson, you know, he was considered the leader of that team, you know, and since he's been to the NBA, you know, it's been, you know, somewhat of a disappointment for a lot of people and, you know, maybe even himself, you know. Um, so I think personally, like he feels like, you know, this is, you know, this is last chance depot. I got something to prove here. Right. And, you know, I need to show the rest of the league that, you know, not only am I a good player, but, you know, I, I deserve to get paid. And, you know, I, I think he's hungry. And, you know, that's why he's put on this extra muscle. And, you know, like I said, the, the competition amongst these guys, like it's, like I said, being a fly on the wall for some of these practices would just be so amazing. So totally. anyway, what do you guys think about Cam? Oh, man, I'm excited. And uh, I think it's interesting to note, like we talked about Max Christie putting on muscle, but Max Christie's, like, you know, 20 years old in his second year in the league. So that's very common for 
people that are, you know, rookies or second year to still be putting on muscle and stuff. Cam Reddish is in his like fifth or sixth year. So for him to put on 12 pounds of muscle in year six or whatever, uh, you know, means he's like Evan said, very hungry. Um, and yeah, he's on a veteran, you know, on a veteran minimum contract, a one year deal. It's a prove it deal. So if he plays well, he'll get paid next year. Uh, and I, I think he will. Uh, I think he just, it's, you know, it, it hasn't been the right fit. He didn't even get a chance with the Knicks. What's his face? Right. Uh, Thibodeau didn't even play him. So, um, and actually Darwin brought this up on media day, uh, the year that the Hawks went to the Eastern conference finals, I think that might've been like 2021 or something. Uh, actually I think they played the bucks when Darwin was an assistant on the bucks and they ultimately lost, but he was saying, you know, Hey, Cam Reddish, go look at Cam Reddish's Eastern conference final stats. Like he played really well in that series. And I think he was like a rookie or a second year player. So, uh, I'm excited and, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what position he plays, but, I'm excited to see what he can do. But what about you, Rahul? Yeah, I think he has all the talent in the world. So now we just got to see it come with playing time. He still has all the talent. I just want to see it, right? I just want to see it all come together. I think for him, if if he dialed into like a role, instead of trying to do everything, I think if he like specifically picked like, hey, I'm going to focus on guarding maybe defense and shooting a corner three, something like that, where he's not like he thinks he's the the guy on offense and defense, you know, like I, I would like him for this team to kind of find a role. And I think if he does find that role, I think he can really, really turn people's heads because he's really athletic. He's, he has all the tools. He just has to put it all together. I think throughout his whole career, he's been asked to do a little bit different things. And then also the Knicks situation was weird. But I think if we just give him a job and then he goes in and does his job on this team, I think he'll be a really good piece. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and so so that brings us to our next player, you know, here, Christian Wood, you know, who – I'm going to still, you know, do a victory lap. You know, I, I, yeah. I called this after summer league. That's right. <laughs> Christian Wood was going to be a Laker. So anyway, and like what's made me really excited is the way he's talked in media today, media day so far. Just I've been so impressed about his professionalism and his hunger, too. And he was he's been talking about his focus on D. And apparently, like, at practice, he was noted as being very active and very vocal in practice right. on defense. So I'm really excited about that because, you know, that's the one knock on him that everybody's been giving him is that, you know, yeah, he's great offensively, but, oh, yeah, he's he's a cone defensively. Like, you know, it's, that's ridiculous to call him a cone. You know, he's he's not the greatest defender, but, you know, he's he's not – a you know superior defender obviously exactly. so, but the fact that he wants to work on it i mean that's the only way you get better at these things you know you got to have it you got to want to and especially with defense you got to have a want to so i'm super excited to hear that about from christian wood and you know it just you know makes me want to do another victory lap because i called this like and, yes. and he's he's up in his you know defense and wanting to do you know mold this you know how ham wants it so that makes me really excited 
Yeah, and he's also on a prove-it deal. So he's also got to, you know, got to play well to earn his next contract, which I think he will. Uh, and and he, there's no better big man to learn defense from in the NBA than Anthony Davis. So to be yes. able to, to be able to have him, uh, to be able, for Christian Wood to be able to watch AD as a role model, specifically on defense and learn from AD and learn just some of the, the technique things and the way he thinks about things, uh, I think that's going to be awesome. We also found out uh, this week that, you know, AD, I think, said in an interview, you know, they asked him, are you are you primarily a five and a backup four? Or are you primarily a four and a backup five? And AD's like, I don't really know, but I'm basically just a big man. So it does sound like that we might see lineups where AD's at the four or maybe him and Wood are together, um, which I'm I'm super curious to see what that looks like with kind of a, a too big lineup with. Me too. I yeah. think that would be really interesting because. He, he does block some shots, so I don't know. Like, he's not, like, a full-on traffic cone. That I don't think that's true. Yeah. He does block some shots, so he does give you some sort of rim protection. He's very tall and, you know, agile. And I think with proper – if he just tries harder, I think automatically there, that's that's a big difference on his defense. But I think he's going to be a candidate for six-man of the year. This guy – can put up 18 to 20 points any given night. And if there's a night where back-to-back or something, AD or LeBron is off, boom, he's easily adjusted into the starting lineup. A lot of the scoring, his punch is still there. I think that he's like getting him at the veteran minimum was probably the best value signing along with getting Reeves, you know, at his contract. Those are some great value contracts this summer. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point about their value. Like, cause yeah, I mean, having, having that, you know, that valuable of a player on your bench, you know, for that cheap, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty damn nice luxury to have that a lot of teams. What top five and six man of the year last year, you know? So it's like, it's not like they got a horrible player. This guy dropped 18 a game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, and he deserved a bigger contract and it's, you know, and, you know, a lot of this was apparently just because of a reputation that he had of just being a little difficult. And so like, you know, that's the other thing, like, you know, that made me happy about the way he's been acting in media day. He's, he seems determined to kind of like prove that wrong, erase that perception. And, you know, I'm, I'm really stoked about that. So, you know, Onto our next player, and like I'm really glad that you're here for this, Rahul, because you were also there for summer league. And this next guy, like, I think there's a real big difference. Like, when you see him on the screen as opposed to seeing him live, because he is he is a you know real six six, like a you know good solid durable six six, and this is JHS. And, um, you know, when I saw him at summer league, you know, I was, I was kind of taken aback and I was just like, you know, this guy's got an NBA body already. Yep. And, you know, there was a lot of criticism that he got for not being the greatest shooter at summer league. Yeah. But, you know, as somebody, somebody myself who, you know, who's played a lot of guard as well, like, Watching his game, he has, you know, all the capabilities that you need 
you know, to be a good point guard other than having a good shot. And that will come with time and practice. So, like, I'm really excited about JHS. And obviously, like, the reports coming out of, you know, camp already, you know, I'm not the only one who's excited. You know, Anthony Davis has said that he's really excited about it. Um, and, you know, I think a few others as well. So, everybody, like, yeah, like, I think the first one was D'Lo. I think everybody's literally giving him compliments. Austin did this. He Darvin has, called him the MVP of day one. Which yeah, is he has, yes. to be a really good defender, like a really, really good defender. Yeah, the questions are going to be there on offense, but he has a good court vision. He reads the ball and he reads the game. I think that's there. I just think there's there's going to be a lot, a lot to work on in his shot. And that might be a few years down the road. But right now, I think he's a capable body defender and not even just an average one. I think he's going to be a good defender right away. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is I was listening to the Pat Bev pod a couple weeks ago, and they were asking him, I guess it was maybe last week, they were asking him his thoughts on Patrick Beverly, for those who don't know. Uh, they were asking him his thoughts on the Drew Holiday trade to the Celtics, uh, and he was saying, and they were just, one of the questions was like, what do you think, uh, you know, what, what's the difference between a defender like Drew Holiday and a defender like Marcus Smart? Like, did the Celtics improve or, or did they get worse on defense? And Pat Bev was like, oh, you know, they're both great defenders, but they totally improved. And the reason because of that is because Drew is a 6'5 guard, which is much taller than than most guards. And so he can just, like, shut anyone's water off. And so for JHS to be 6'6, which is even taller than that, you know, I'm super excited. And I'm instantly thinking of sort of Drew Holiday connections. Um, And he's he's just super impressive. Like Evan said, we saw him in, in Summer League Live. Um, you know, I've, I've heard him in a couple interviews. He's got like a plant-based diet. I've already been calling him the plant-based God. Uh, <laughs> and I've got to get that trademark. Uh, but yeah, you know, for, for a 19 year old kid to, to be taking his, his diet that seriously and his training that seriously is just such a good sign. And, uh, you know, to have, you know, role models and leaders like LeBron and AD to kind of show him the way is, uh, is super exciting. So yeah, yeah I'm all Let's... about JHS. You know, that's perfect little segue here. You know, you bring it up, right. Drew, you know, because <clears throat> Drew just got traded to the Celtics. Yes. <clears throat> and like this one, like I saw this one coming too. Like I just, I had a feeling like they're going to get him. Gonna come back to the East and haunt the Bucks. You know, <laughs> like totally. But, you know, the Celtics gave up Robert Williams in this trade. And, you know, I feel like they, they got better defensively, but they got worse defensively on the interior by giving up Robert Williams yep. because now their only bigs are Al Horford and um, Porzingis. And that that seems a little soft on the inside. And I, I, I think they're going to have some trouble with Embiid. And, you know, they definitely have trouble with Jokic and with AD. So, you know, like, I'm not so sure. Like, I think this is an improvement for the Celtics, but you know, it's it's going to be a hard battle there in the East still. You know, between them and the Bucks, and you know, don't count out. Like, there's also the dark horse that nobody is talking about. That's that do have the big men that are also going to threaten them, and that's Cleveland. Yep, so, yep. 
you know, it's not so easy in the East as everybody thinks it is. So what do you guys think? Yeah, man, I agree about about the Robbie Williams point. You know, he's uh, first of all, he's young. He's 25 uh, and he's just an incredible defender. Um, You know, I think they call him like the Time Lord in Boston or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, so and Evan brings up a good point. The fact that now their their two main big men are Porzingis, who's not known for his defense and who's very injury prone. And then Al Horford, who is known for his defense, but he's going to be, I think, 37 this year, years old. So, you know, he's going to fall off a cliff at some point. I already thought it was going to happen a couple seasons ago. So, you know, and he's still been playing better than I thought. Uh, So, you know, with that to be your only your only back or your only front court, um, you know, it's or back court. (laughs) It's it's not looking too good. (laughs) But yeah, what curious to hear what Ra thinks. Man, um, I think they gave up a lot, a lot of assets to get him, but that's a, a, a championship-type move, which I know it's kind of not the best thing to say about the Celtics, right? But that was a good one. You, you gotta, you gotta give, you gotta give your hat off to them because that that getting a guy like that now there you go. There's your Dame stopper right there, you know. One one two days later, you got your Dame stopper, and you know, kind of restored their balance between the Bucks and Celtics. So, but they're going to be definitely weak on the front court. They're probably going to add some players, so that's what I'm looking to see who they add. But I just their depth, though, after their starting unit kind of gets a little thin. So that that's going to be an interesting dynamic in the playoffs. Let's see if they have enough players all around. Yeah, I wonder if they a guy that I've seen a lot brought connected to them in terms of uh, adding more depth for for big men is is Bismack Biombo. Uh, I'm curious to think what are your guys' thoughts about the Celtics possibly picking up Biombo or one of those other uh, free agent bigs? I don't know how much that's going to do. Need to. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. they need to get some more guys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. uh, like, Rob yeah, brought up a that's, that's a good point. I don't know how much they do, but they need to do something. Yeah. They, they do have the trade exception for Grant Williams. So, you know, if they just That's right. If somebody wants to dump a player, maybe a big, it's about ten to twelve million, I think. Yeah. And in that look out for uh, I think they've traded for him a few times already. Daniel Tice, somebody like that. He's making like yeah. nine million. Basically, an expiring next year is a team option. They could just easily decline it. Um, maybe he's not in the Pacers' long-term plans, but that could be a, a decent third big for them. You know, something like that. I could see something like that happening. Yeah, and that's a guy they obviously know well. Um, yep. And I'm really interesting. You brought up Raw. The they they found their Dame stopper, and that brings up a good point. You know, I. Uh, a Celtics Bucks Eastern Conference Finals would be so electric in terms of you got Drew Holiday playing against his old team. Yep. You got Dame trying to prove himself finally, you know, and win his first ring. He would be in his first conference finals, I think. No, he went um, to the conference score. finals, I think. Did they go? Blazers made it to the Western Conference yeah. Finals? They did. Yeah. Okay. One year. Um, but, anyways, you know, really trying to prove himself and kind of running out of time. So, uh, that would be an awesome series, and I do think there's a, a strong chance, as we've talked about, that we get 
a Lakers Celtics uh, finals this year, which would be fucking awesome. <clears throat> yeah, would be very yeah, possible. I, very you know, possible. I still, I still feel like the Celtics, you know, need to, you know, get one more piece at the trade deadline, you know, to really, to really be that championship team. But like, yeah, it's gonna be, it's, it's really gonna be interesting in the East. And so Rob anyway, brings up a good point with that trade exception. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, just no, keep in mind that the Celtics got like that twelve million that they can kind of spend. So, something to think about. Yep, absolutely, good point. So anyway, you know, tomorrow we get Lakers versus Warriors. Finally, over. Let's go. So, like, what are what are your guys' predictions? You know, as far as you know. Doesn't necessarily matter, you know, win, win or lose the game. But like, what are your predictions about what you expect to see from the players? You know, I personally, you know, I expect to see, um, you know, defense, and I expect to see where this team is, you know, defensively. You know, without Braun, without Ar in there, I want to see, you know, how they're playing like a team. And, you know, so that that's mostly what I'm going to be focusing on. But I also really want to see, you know, Christian Wood. I want to see Cam Reddish and, of course, Max. So what, what are you guys interested in? Yeah, so the main things, you know, with LeBron and uh, Austin Reeves being out, the main things I'm looking at is, you know, a lot of the stuff that we just talked about. Super curious about Max to see, you know, how much he's improved. Curious to see what position they put Cam Reddish at, if we see him at the two or the three, and just kind of what lineups we see, where we see him placed. Uh, curious to see the two bit, if we see any two big lineups with AD and Christian Wood on the floor at the same time, uh, or even Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes at the same time. Uh, curious to see that. So, yeah, those are kind of the things. And then JHS. I'm really curious to see JHS. But yeah, that's what I'm looking out for. And like Evan said, I don't really care about wins or losses. You know, they, a lot of the time in these games, they put in, you know, the G League team in the fourth quarter and just shit happens and you, you can end up with the loss. So uh, as long as everyone stays healthy and we see improvement from those young guys, uh, that's really all I'm looking for. But what about you, Ra? Man, I'm just excited. Yeah, excited dude. to see some hoops because – it's been a while since there's, you know, some basketball on it. And I know it's not going to be everyone going full throttle or anything like that. I mean, the the Warriors are sending down everybody. So it's going to be a fun game. I'm going to just watch it, tune in. I want to see, definitely see Max, see what he can do against, like, the starting unit of Golden State, even though it's preseason. But that's a good thing to watch out for if he can defend those guards at Golden State. Cause that that might be a role for him in the future. Let's see how he does it. And well, he's got a hell of a challenge, you know, two Hall of Famers right there that has to pick up. Well, let's see what he can do. Cause I know AR is gonna get the night off. Also, um, Cam's gonna be interesting because I, I do want to see if he can just show some of that potential that he had in Atlanta and the athleticism. And I want to see a Jackson Hayes dunk. That's gonna be fun to watch. And yep. uh, I think it's just going to be a good game, and it's going to be just a, just a fun starter, fun starter this season. They got what six six preseason games. Yep. So I'm yeah. pretty sure. Let's see if AD is playing in tomorrow. Nothing's been announced, but that might mean he is. So it, it, it's going to be fun to see. 
Yeah, I think we, Evan and I were talking about it before the show. I think we probably would have heard about AD by now if he wasn't yeah. playing. But so I, I agree with Ra that I think he will play. And another guy that I'm looking out for that I didn't mention, who I'm really curious about in general, because I've been hearing mixed things, and that's Torian Prince, uh, who we picked up. Yep. So there's been some whispers or some rumblings this past week, mainly from Jovan Buha, about, you know, that Prince could potentially be that fifth starter. Um, I don't personally see it, but I think it's either going to be Rui or Vando in the regular season. But very interested to see what he looks like tomorrow, Torin Prince. So uh, that's another guy to watch out for, too. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of the Warriors, <laughs> um, this is this is really interesting to me. Um, you know, and this is not, you know, this is not a troll at Warriors fans. I just, I just wonder how they're going to make it work this year because this is a really short team. Um, you know, the, the starting lineup that they're going to roll out to us tomorrow is supposedly going to be Steph, CP3, Clay, Wiggins, and Looney. And, you know, I, I've heard when, when um, Draymond is healthy again, you know, Draymond's going to slip in there and replace Looney. And there's talk of, you know, even though, you know, you've got Wiggins there at the four, like Clay apparently is the guy that they want to guard the four, though. Yeah, because they don't want Clay to guard threes right now. So they have to have, they have to, right? Because you'd rather yeah. have him guard threes. So uh, it's like, so it's like now. you know, and I'm like, you know, hey, like that's, you know, more power to it. If you can do it, Clay, like, hey, man, that's, that's, that's going to be a rough season, though. <laughs> that's going to be a rough rough season and so you know i i just you know i, I feel like this team is still going to be pretty good you know they're probably going to win like you know 40 to 50 games you know probably 45 to 50 games um but like i, I just don't see them as being a great team again and you know also as like what we just went through as laker fans like i feel like kind of just like Kind of like you know, like maybe the curse kind of just rubbed off on them or something. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just you know that, that that's a silly way to look at it. But you know, you know what I mean. Like, just it's kind of nice that we're not dealing with that now. But like, if I was a Warrior fan and I was looking at that team, my basic point is I would be worried. I would be like, how the hell are we going to do this? So I'm curious what you think about all this small ball, because I think that there's also a slow trend kind of away from small ball Again, and yeah. you know, shooting the three more often, you know? So I'm curious what you think about both of those things. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. Like they, they are very small, like compared to you got CP three as your shooting guard you know, and then Steph Curry and then Clay Wiggins. I mean, I was saying, like, not saying it's a good thing that Draymond got hurt, but if they had a unleash Draymond as a center every day, I think they, they might realize their senses while he's out that Looney might be better off being a center because <laughs> it's, it's going to get rough if they have that yeah. starting five, Draymond at the five. There's nobody taller than 6'6". Six, six. I don't know how that's going to work. And their bench is not looking that good either. A bunch of veteran minimum guys. 
Yeah, I don't I don't see how you keep Looney out of that starting lineup. Like, you know, you need him in that starting lineup to compete in the West, I feel like. So yeah, it's it seems it seems crazy to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Colin. They're they're super small. Uh and you can make we've seen small ball lineups work. I and mean, we've even seen the Warriors make small ball lineups work in the past. But the way it works is if you have young, ath- very athletic player. They don't necessarily have to be young, but athletic, in-shape players that can just run all day. And we know Steph Curry can do that. He's probably the most, you know, one of the most in-shape players in the league. But other than him, we, you traded Jordan, basically swapped Jordan Poole for Chris, 38-year-old Chris Paul, uh, who we know can't run all day anymore at this, at this age. Clay can't do that anymore. Draymond can't do that anymore. So, yeah, you've got, like, Steph and Wiggins who – who can probably hang in there. But, you know, besides that, yeah, I think you guys are right. They're going to have to play Looney over Draymond. Uh, otherwise, they'll be too small. And eventually, I, I think they're going to have to bring Chris Paul off the bench um, and probably put a guy like Kaminga in there or something. But, yeah, that's that's for them to figure out and not us. That's their problem, not ours. And like Evan said, I'm just I'm happy to not be in that position and to be out of all that bullshit and just to be like have a set roster we know most, for the most part, what everyone's roles are, um, and yeah, it's it, it feels good to to be able to just kind of sit and watch it and laugh at the Warriors. I I love that meme template of the dude taking a dab as like two people are fighting. Uh, that's, that's what the Lakers. That's what we are as Lakers fans right now, just eating popcorn, watching watching the Warriors show and seeing what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's going to be funny. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on as you guys continue your show and make sure everyone tunes in. This was a great episode to be with you guys and talk basketball and, you know, talk Lakers basketball and some trades that we got into. That's definitely what I enjoy talking about. So thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, for oh, sure, bro. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, definitely would, would love to have you back sometime. So, uh, you know, Thank have, a you, great rest of your, have a great rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend and uh, stay zooted. Stay yeah, zooted. Absolutely, man. We, we really appreciate you being here, man. Like, you're you're a big part of, you know, why this is, why we are here today. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you, Rahul. You know, thank you for coming on. This was great. Yep. And, you know, have a good night and stay zooted, brother. Stay zooty, guys. Have a good one. Later. Uh, so yeah, our next, you know, now that we got our our little Warriors uh, Warriors bash in, uh, you know, our next topic is James Harden. So there has been some uh, there's been some developments with the James Harden story. He's still on the Sixers. He has not been traded yet. However, he did uh, kind of backtrack on, you know, I'm going to show up to training camp and make Daryl Morey's life hell. He did show up to training camp, but apparently he was a, a good little boy and uh, and he practiced and kind of kept his mouth shut. And, you know, actually, I've heard nothing but good things about how he acted. So uh, and then after that, we've heard a couple of pieces of news. A, Joel Embiid said he's committed to playing for Team USA, uh, which tells me that he may not be super worried about what happens in the regular season this year if he's going to play full summer. Uh, and then just this afternoon, we found out that the Clippers are making a strong push to trade for James Harden. So uh, kind of a lot going on here and uh, interested to kind of get your your take on what's going on with with the James Harden drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 
there's a lot to unpack here. Um, yeah. You know, I think James is in an interesting situation here in Philly. Um, I, I think that Maury really wants to hang on to him. You know, Maury, like his success is kind of tied to James Harden's success. And, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, he doesn't want to get rid of him because it's like, you know, kind of admitting that he's been a failure here in Philly. And like, I just get this kind of sinking feeling that he's going to just, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what the offer is, he's going to be just like, no, that's, that's not, I, I can't give up James for that. So, so I, it's, it's really, really interesting. And, you know, the Clippers, you know, there's another one, like, I mean, good luck to you. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure how that's going to work either. Um, you know, like, yeah, I've looked at, you know, different structures of how, you know, you could possibly trade him. And like, it, it just, that, that team still, like, I still look at that team as just nothing more than a collection of pieces. It's not a team. Yep. Yep. It's, it's a collection of pieces of really good players and, you know, they, they can win on any given night, but like trying to win a series with, with that team just because of, you know, there's not any kind of continuity it feels like with that team um so yeah like so i I don't know how any of that will work and you know and the whole Embiid thing that's really interesting too because like you said you know it, it really tells me you know given his injury history like if he's committing to it now he's kind of saying like well you know I have no idea what's going to go on with this Harden thing anyway. So I really want to win. So let, I'll, I'd like to play in the summertime. That's that's the vibe that I'm getting from him. It's like, you know, he just wants to be on a winning team, you know. And, you know, that's also kind of exciting too, of like having him on the USA team, like him coming off the bench, like, you know, when you're looking at the rest of that team, because that's, you know, probably what's going to happen, like, man that's that's gonna be fun too and so you know on a side note but like man this this whole hardened drama you know i i think at the end of the day you know no matter what the clippers offer i just i have this sinking feeling in my stomach that maury's gonna just be like i i, I can't do it you know <laughs> totally um and so, yeah, a couple things to, to uh, unpack, like you said. But in response to the Clippers stuff, you're right. I, I have no idea how it would work. The proposed package that's been floating around there for a Harden Clippers trade is Terrence Mann, like two first-round picks, and then a couple of pick swaps. So basically Terrence Mann and a shitload of picks for James Harden. So then you've got, on the Clippers, you've got Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and then probably Zubak as your big. So if if you play both Harden and Russ, I that's just a horrible fit. But yeah. then we already know what happens if you try and ring, bring Russ off the bench. You know, that creates a whole other set of issues within the team. So I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then also looking at it from Philly's side, I you know, I actually could see them – the only package I think they would accept is Terrence Mann and a shitload of picks because if you plug Terrence Mann into that lineup, you let you let Tyrese. It would basically be 
Tyrese Maxey at the point guard. Terrence Mann would be your shooting guard. They signed Kelly Oubre to be their starting small forward. And then you've got Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Like, that's a really fucking good starting five. And Terrence Mann is, like, 26 or 27 years old. So you're basically replacing, you know, a 33-year-old Harden who, granted, Terrence Mann's probably not quite as good as Harden. Harden, I think, led the, oh, definitely NBA in a, led the NBA in assists last year for them. But, you know, you're getting rid of that nasty contract that Harden has. You're replacing it with someone young who can still grow, who's like, I've heard nothing but great things about Terrence Mann in terms yeah. of just like a locker room and like he causes no problems at all. So that's the only trade I could see working. But then, yeah, from the Clippers perspective, it's like, why would you trade Terrence Mann for James Harden while well, you've already got Russell Westbrook? And so I don't know how it's going to happen uh, or how it's going to work out. But, you know, I think likely we might just see Harden kind of just come back and play with the Sixers. And I think that could be a good team, too, since they signed Kelly Oubre. That was a big talk about value signings. Kelly Oubre on a veteran minimum is big for for them. So if they can keep Harden and get him to actually try and not like do some fat suit bullshit, they could be good, too. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But definitely. Uh, soap opera so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, the, the other team that I've heard, you know, being shot around was Miami. Yeah. And I, I, my impression on that is like, you know, they ring and like Pat Riley's not going to answer when he sees yeah. who it is on the yeah, ID. No. <laughs> totally. So, and then again, yeah. you'd be swapping like a, you know, I'm sure it'd be probably Tyler Harrow, the, a package centered around Tyler Harrow. And I'm not a huge Tyler Harrow fan at all. Or like, I think he's fine, but like, I don't think he's a great fit on that Heat team. But even that, I still don't know if I want to trade like 26, 25 year old Tyler Harrow for 34 year old James Harden. So, uh, yeah, I, you know. I think that they're just not going to accept him just because he's, he's not going to fit into Heat culture. Yes. You know? yes. So, uh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about that and like saying, oh, that's the one that makes the most sense. And I'm just like, you know, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, like, and, I, I think when the season tips off, I have a sinking feeling in my stomach that Harden's still going to be in Philly. Yeah, yeah, which is fine with me. Keep him in the East. We don't have to really worry yeah. about him unless we see him in the finals, which I don't think they can make it past the Bucks or the Celtics unless there's some major injuries. So, Again, we're just sitting back and eating popcorn, watching the drama unfold. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's really, you know, the best option that Philly has for this season, in my yeah. opinion, too, to stay competitive. So, yeah, I, I, we'll see. But, like, you know, my sinking feeling is that Harden is going nowhere. Yeah. So, anyway, you know, on to the next thing. And Jokic is apparently, you know, completely unimpressed to be the champion, you know? So he was asked this summer, you know, if it's the most fun he's ever had. And his reply was, nah, actually it's the opposite. We, we played two and a half extra months. <laughs> so, like, you know, as, as somebody like myself who loves the game, like, this really, this really sticks in my craw. Like this really just like this annoys me to no end. Like you know, like you don't even care. <laughs> like you're mad that you had to play an extra two and a half months. You you know you got the championship, but like you know, uh it screwed up my summer a little bit. Like God damn it, you. <laughs> it cut <laughs> into my chariot riding time. <laughs> I was even joking on the timeline that you know 
if if Jokic wins again, lazy people are just going to be insufferable, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like he doesn't care. And so, like, everyone's going to be like, hey, you know, look, look, look at Jokic. <laughs> like, God damn. For like, sure. No, no, no. It's going to be moving to a four-day work week next thing you know. And, yeah. You know, so, like, you know, I did yoga. Training. At least I could laugh about it. But, like, you know, it, it's, like I said, as somebody who loves the game, it just it just sticks in my craw. Just, like, damn you. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I go back and forth. Uh you know, I, I do actually have a lot of respect for Jokic. I think he's hilarious. You know, they I think his nickname in Denver, I have a couple buddies from Denver that are diehard Nuggets fans, and they all call him Big Honey, which is just a fucking hilarious nickname. <laughs> he literally is just like a big honey bear. Um, but, like, I also just kind of love, like, we were just talking about James Harden, right? Like, the James Harden's been the most drama-filled player for the past, I don't know how many seasons. You know, it's just always bullshit. And talk about just, like, the least drama, the least, like, you know, literally just set it and forget it. Like, you just pay the guy, and he's going to show up. He's going to be good. He's not going to bitch. He's going to leave the country in the offseason and come back right on time. Uh, and, like, yeah, he's going to have these weird, quirky interviews where it's clear that he, like, isn't totally in love with basketball. But, like, you know, from a... When I compare him to a guy like Harden, I'll take I'll, I'll take Jokic 10 out of 10 times, even though, yes, it does bother me that it's clear, you know, he's not a LeBron or a Jordan or a Kobe that is just fucking psycho in love with the game. That's, you know, um, you know, it is it, it is uh, frustrating, but it's also just funny and, and cool to see. We've never really like Jokic and Luka are probably and maybe like Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples of guys like them in the past. Uh, but even Dirk was like so committed to, to his his work and his practice and his craft, uh, and not that Jokic isn't, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I just he clearly you get the vibe that he's not training super hard in the off season. But uh, hey, if if he can make it work, all the more power to him. Uh, and shit, if he did train as hard as LeBron, he'd probably be even even more of an issue for the Lakers. So. Let him keep doing doing the honey bear regimen. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if he wasn't if he wasn't so you know lovable himself, like it would really it would really tick me off. You know, yeah. like at least kind of at least kind of figure you know forgive him a little bit for you know. Like but, you compare you know. him to Mike Malone, especially too. Like I'm I'm fucking pissed. Like at Mike Malone, like. AD yeah. talked about it at media day. Like it's all smoke on opening night for Mike Milan. But yeah, mm-hmm. Jokic, he never did any, uh, he never rubbed yeah. anything in any dirt in the Lakers face. I don't think he made any comments about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and he played a fucking incredible series of like, if anyone could have talked, it would have been him. So yeah, fuck Mike Malone. Jokic is whatever, you know, oh, but exactly. uh, yeah. Always respect for Hoopers, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that moves us on to some football now. Yes. And, you know, last time we talked, um, you know, your team, your team had already played. Right. And, you know, we haven't, we haven't had another game of your team yet. So, you know, but since then, you know, you know, my Ravens, you know, dismantled Cleveland on the road, which was pretty damn nice. But, you know, 
there is the caveat the you know the asterisk is that you know deshaun watson was not playing you know and you know they had they had a rookie quarterback in there and the ravens defense just feasted on him that day and so you know that was really nice and you know so the ravens have been you know playing good you know three and one at this point and you know i'm just curious what you're thinking about this coming this coming sunday you know the ravens have got their you know big matchup this sunday you know the the big rivalry you know against the steelers which i'm looking forward to i'm, I'm curious what you're looking forward to this week yeah so first of all just to touch on the ravens uh yeah they they look great man you know good con- like i said all all congrats to you guys i got nothing but love for the ravens so they're playing well and to to, to overcome a, an injury like the jk dobbins achilles injury and still play well is impressive and just to touch on the browns yes they had deshaun watson out and their backup dorian thompson robinson or whatever looked horrible but the browns have a probably a top three defense in the in the nfl um statistically and so for the ravens to put up what was it like 38 points on them uh is is impressive so ravens look good uh you know excited to see what they can do uh and then looking forward to this week yeah i'm super excited for that raven steelers matchup that'll be a good one and that's that's in pittsburgh right i believe so yeah so that's a tough you know pittsburgh's one of the toughest places to to win on the road. So that'll be great. I'm definitely looking forward to Sunday night. We got Niners Cowboys, uh, classic rivalry. Yes. Um, and the Niners just picked up uh, just today, this recording this Friday, they just traded for Randy Gregory, who was uh, on the, he's actually on, he's played for a bunch of teams, but he was previously yeah, on the Cowboys. Cowboy. Yep. Played on the Cowboys, kind of revived his career on the, with the Cowboys, signed a huge contract with the Broncos and then the Broncos uh, seems like he might have had some off the field issues or some something that didn't vibe with the Broncos. So they basically traded him for a bag of chips to the Niners today uh, for a seventh round pick. So it, for from everything wow. I've heard, Randy Gregory will be active in that game, which is interesting. And then lastly, uh, my Packers play on Monday night this week. They got the Raiders. So I'm hoping the Raiders are like a bottom three team in the league right now. I'm hoping we can just get an easy an easy win, get back on track here, but uh, really excited for your Ravens game and really excited for that Sunday night football game. But uh, as a former Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on on this Sunday night Cowboys-Niners game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting one. And, you know, like I have to admit, like, you know, I'll, I'll admit to everybody here, you know, I have still been hate watching Cowboy games. <laughs> hey, I'm right. Th- I always hate watch Cowboy games. So I'm right there with you. So, yeah, it's kind of funny that, like, you know, like, I'm no longer a fan, but, like, you know, we get, just because, you know, I live here in in New Mexico, we, you know, we get Cowboy games broadcast, you know, Cowboys and Bronco games always, you know, get priority here. So, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm watching it a lot of times just because that's what's on, but, like, you know, I am also, you know, watching it because, like, since no longer becoming a fan of the Cowboys. I have quite enjoyed, you know, watching them, you know, fall on their face a little bit. Like, you know, I cackled quite a bit on that Arizona game. (laughs) So, so I, and I have a feeling that, you know, this, this weekend, you know, just, just watching this team and, you know, being a fan of it for, for so many years before, like it's the same old thing with Jerry Jones of just, there are things that are not 
you know, taken care of and covered up. That offensive line is still pretty good, but it's it's falling apart, getting old. And, you know, the, the younger pieces that they've, that they've brought in in replacement are pretty good, but they're not quite, you know, at that same level. And so there's a drop-off there, as well as the fact that, you know, that running game when Ezekiel Elliott left, you know, really took a drop-off. You know, Pollard, you know, is still a pretty good runner, but as, as you've seen, you know, he hasn't really been explosive this year, you know, and I think it's, it's the difference of, you know, being the lead back, you know, and, you know, th- their next back behind that Rico Dowdle, in my opinion, is a big drop off. Yeah. You know, he's still a fairly good player, but like, you know, it's, it's a big drop off and where, you know, had they kept Zeke, it's, it's not as big of a drop off in my right. opinion. And so they, they've still got a lot of flaws and, you know, everybody still wants to blame Dak. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, Dak is what Dak is. You know, Dak is a, you know, slightly above average quarterback. That's that's about it. And, you know, he still needs, you know, the right protection, you know, the right tools around him. And, you know, I, I feel like C.D. Lamb is a very good receiver, but he's not, he's not the best for a number one. He really ought to be a number two, like. Like ideally, like that that offense would be super potent if he was their number two in my opinion. So you know they they've still got a lot of flaws there, and that that defense is really good, but it's also very susceptible to the run. So I think they're going to have a lot of trouble on Sunday night against Christian McCaffrey. And you know the Forty ers have been a thorn in their side for you know about the past three years. You know especially in the playoffs. You know, two years in a row in the playoffs, in fact. Yep. And, you know, they really need to get over this hump. But just what I've seen so far from this year, like, I'm not sure if they're quite ready. But that being said, I think this is going to be a battle. And, you know, it's going to be close. And they're going to have a shot at it. But, you know, they're going to have to play a perfect game. So, you know, because I, I feel like the 49ers are talented enough that they don't have to play a perfect game. Right. And, you know, that's what makes them dangerous. You know, so, yeah, that's that's I, I'm also looking forward to see that game, you know. So but yeah, I could I could go on and on about like how Jerry Jones is basically a terrible general manager and has done a terrible job of constructing that roster. You know, and it is once again this year. I, I'm very sorry, Cowboys fans. You know, like, but it is fool's gold once again. You know, indeed, indeed. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. One thing that I just remembered too that is going to be interesting. Uh, I'll preface this with: I think the Niners are going to win the game, but I saw some reports that I kind of forgot the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance as their backup quarterback. I saw yes. some reports that Trey Lance has been key in helping them prepare for the Niners because obviously he knows that offense inside and out. Ah. But I think that'll help. But like Evan said, ultimately, I think the Niners will be too much for them. Yeah, but it should be a close battle. So, yeah. So anyway, we're going to get on to our um, weekly segment here, our historical stoner, stoner circle. So I'm going to, 
I'm going to kick it off and I'll, I'll kick it to Colin here. And so basically, you know, it's, it's gas or pass of would you, would you sit down and get high with this person? So the first one on the list is Cleopatra. So Cleopatra, gas or pass, Colin? <laughs> that's, that's for sure a gas. Uh, I, I remember I passed with uh, Julius Caesar a couple weeks ago. Uh, will not be making that mistake with Cleopatra. Uh, <laughs> definitely want to gas with her and uh, uh, whatever, you know, whatever happens after that happens. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> what about what about you? Gas or pass with with Cleopatra? Oh, definitely. Definitely gas. Like, you know, there's too many things that I'd love to, you know, talk with her about, you know, you know, just with the Egyptian lore and, you know, the pyramids and everything like, yeah, I could, I could sit and talk for hours and, you know, she'd probably get bored of me, but, like, <laughs> but anyway, she's definitely, definitely a gas for me. Yeah. So anyway, um, on to our next one. Um, and this one, this one's a guy that's really kind of near and dear to my heart, you know, as a lover of comic books. And, you know, he's, you know, not, not as, you know, highly recognized as Stan Lee, but he should be. And, um, you know, he, he helped, you know, Marvel comics in their, you know, foundings. And, you know, he's, he was a critical and huge piece of, you know, Marvel comics and a guy that's really close to my heart and Jack Kirby is the guy so would you gas or pass with jack kirby definitely gas uh you know full transparency i'm 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 definitely into comics and love all the different marvel movies but nothing like evan evan is a true true comic book guy so uh when when i was asking him about jack kirby he kind of described him as as Stan Lee's silent partner uh and that's that's like my type of guy is like the silent partner guy who just like works in silence and is like kind of the the brains and the one not the brains but the one pulling the strings secretly. Uh, those are the people that I like to you know sit down with, pick their brain, uh, and just kind of learn more about their their thought process and the way they think about things. So definitely would would gas with Jack Kirby, um, and just would love to learn more about him. But yeah, what a, what about you, Evan? I, I got a feeling I know the answer. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, th this one's pretty easy, you know. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I feel like he's the he's the heart and soul of Marvel Comics, in my opinion. You know, he's yeah, like Stan Lee is the face man, but like he's the he's the beating heart behind it. So like that's that's the way I look at it at least, you know. So um he's definitely a gas and like again, like a guy that I could sit and talk to for hours, you know. He he created Captain America, you know. I, I could sit and talk to him about Cap for just you know, yeah, for days probably. So, show introduce to Austin Reeves. That alone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real you know, life captain of mine. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for that alone, it would just be, it would just be so wonderful. And you know, like I said, he's he's just you know, a lot of people like love Stanley and like fawn over Stanley. But like, yeah, Jack Kirby is my guy and like always has been. And like, yeah, so near and dear to my heart. So definitely, definitely. So on to our last, our last one here. And 
this one is an actor. Um, maybe not a lot of people know him that well, but you know, he's, he's been in, um, you know, a number of different movies, um, you know, Paris, Texas, Repo Man, um, is Harry Dean Stanton. So are you familiar with Harry Dean Stanton? And would you <laughs> gas your pass with Harry Dean Stanton? Oh, very, very familiar and uh, would definitely gas with him. And so, yeah, just to give the listeners a little backstory. Uh, so Evan and I are both uh, huge movie nerds. You know, we, we, we go back and forth talking about what movies we're watching and asking each other, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Uh, and so when I, you know, when Evan and I first met, we were kind of talking about different movies and we had both kind of seen all the, all the movies we had brought up. Uh, and it's very rare when someone brings up a movie that I haven't seen. And so Evan asked me, oh, you know, have you seen this movie Repo Man? It, it, it might be my favorite movie of all time. And I had never heard of it. So, uh, you know, instantly, uh, I, I think I rented it or, you know, found, it took me a little while to find it. But yeah, found some an app that you could rent it or whatever. And I, I watched it uh, and it was fucking awesome. And so the main character in Repo Man, uh, or one of the main characters is this actor, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who plays the Repo Man in that movie. Uh, and it's just, it's so funny. The the character he plays is just, the, some of the lines he drops are just absolute gems. Um, it's this, you know, I'll let Evan kind of go deeper into, into the movie and his character, but it's just a very, a very much a cult classic movie. And, uh, you know, his, his character is so funny. So yes, would love to gas with, with Harry Dean Stanton and talk to him about Repo Man. Also Paris, Texas, great movie. Uh, forgot he was in that, you know, uh, it, crazy, crazy horror film. So yeah, would love to ask him about those. Um, and just, you know, have him repeat some of the one-liners in Repo Man. So, uh, what about you, Evan? Ga gas or pass? <clears throat> Yeah, this is another one that's yeah, definite gas. Like, you know, and Repo Man is, you know, not arguably my favorite movie. It is my favorite yeah. movie. Thank like you. I, Thank I've you. watched this movie, you know, like no joke, probably close to a hundred times, you know, because there was there was a summer in my teens where you know, I came home um, you know, from work and other stuff and just watched this every single day. You know, like I, I was addicted to this movie and still to this day, I, I still watch it at least once, maybe twice a year because it, it's just it's like comfort food. It's, you know, like I can put it on in the background and it's got so many great one liners in it. And, you know, Harry Dean Stanton is just awesome in that movie. Like, you know, like saying great things like you know life of repo man is always intense you know <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, i just i i absolutely love him and I, I would just love to be able to sit down and talk with him you know about that movie and about acting and you know about about his craft as well you know because he's he's a fabulous actor too and you know like he was given great lines in repo man but like I feel like he, his delivery just like really makes, you know, everything, you know. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. You know, like they're sitting in the car and he's like, you know, like, you know, ordinary fucking people, you know, I hate them, you know. <laughs> like, As he's ripping a cig. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, just great. It's just so, yeah, like absolutely would, 
you know, gas with him and like another one that like I could spend hours, even days talking with. So, so and anyway, for all the listeners, know, check out Repo Man. Uh, yes. You know, all Evan deserves his flowers for that one. He introduced me to it. I totally give it my my stamp of approval. Uh, tough to find. I think you can rent it on Amazon for like three bucks. That's what I did. And you get it for like 48 hours or something. Um, so everyone check out Repo Man. Fucking yeah. awesome movie. Awesome, awesome and movie. It's it's a really weird movie. You know, it's it's yeah. definitely not for everybody. You know, but like if if you like kind of like you know funny offbeat humor, and you know, yeah, you'll you'll dig it. In that if respect, you're into this podcast, just, just know what you're getting into if you're going to get into Repo Man because yeah. you know it's yeah. a, it's a bizarre movie. It's a bizarre movie, but like it is my favorite movie of all time. And I have so a anyway, feeling our podcast yeah, and Repo Man might share a demographic. So. uh so anyway we we've come to the close of another episode and you know once again it's it's been great having you here and you know great doing another episode and you know another shout out to rahul thank you again for being here and you know jumping on last minute especially like really really appreciate you for that um so Anyway, Colin, you got anything last second to say before I sign off here? That's it, man. Yeah. Shout out to Ra. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, we got we got first first game of Lakers basketball tomorrow. So, you know, by this time next week, we'll be we'll be giving our thoughts on the games and we'll be from here on out, probably have a game every week. So uh I can't wait. And uh yeah, man, just ex- excited to to keep it rolling. <clears throat> well, right on, man. You know, like like I said, we got game tomorrow, you know, yes. so it's time to get excited again. It's here. It's here. So anyway, everybody, peace out and stay zooted. I hope you all have a great weekend. <laughs>